0: You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans
1: for Auburn fans. Brought to you by the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. Welcome, everyone, to the first official week of the season here on Stoppage Time. Peter and I are glad to be with you yet again and just have some Auburn soccer news to bring in to catch you up on what's been going on as we played USF and Florida Gulf Coast this past week. Peter, how does it feel to be back in our groove a little bit?
0: Yeah, a little disappointing weekend as far as uh, soccer goes, but it's good to be back in the groove. Uh, Good to be watching Auburn soccer again, that's for sure.
1: So what do we have as far as news and notes? What we know, we're we're gonna get to the games a little bit later, but what do we have as far as news goes this week?
0: We had a few players named to watch list, uh this week. Brie Folds was named to the Top Drawer Soccer Best Eleven team. She actually was third team on that. Uh, she's also appeared on Top Drawer Soccer's Top 100 Players to Watch at number 24. And I think Drew, as I looked through it, I only saw two SEC players ahead of her. So they're putting her about third in the SEC right now. And then finally, Brie Folds, Trevor Acock, and Alyssa Malanson were named to the SEC's preseason watch list. So, hopefully, they'll have some more accolades this week or this coming year. Uh, they got a lot last year. I mean, I think Brie Folds was about three or four weeks in a row, if not more, uh, getting SEC accolades. So, I expect them to to get some of those this season.
1: Yeah, I think I think it'll be a good year, especially once we kind of gel a little bit more. I think as we get into talking about these games, we're going to. Just look at the fact that maybe there was some connection problems and maybe some uh, chemistry problems that need to be worked out a little bit. But ultimately, I think that there's a high chance we're going to see a lot of our players on these lists.
0: Well, Auburn did play their first match on Thursday night in Florida at University of Southern Florida against the Bulls. They were number ranked number 14. Uh, Bulls scored first really quickly in the first five minutes. Uh, Auburn equalized as they neared the half. Jesse Drow headed the ball into the net. And then uh in a heartbreaker drew I mean it was a, a knife in the heart they scored in the last 20 seconds and Auburn could not answer in that amount of time and the UCF did win 1 to 2 Drew what did you see in that match
1: Yeah I th- I thought it was uh I thought it was a difficult first match came out against a hard opponent USF is well deserving of that of that ranking don't you think
0: Yeah you know, okay let me know what you I, – I thought we lost. I admit that. But I thought as far as how we played, the two teams looked pretty equal. And I think we made a few more mistakes than they did. But I thought at skill level, we looked pretty equal. Would you agree with that?
1: I think we looked pretty equal as far as we weren't out-talented or anything like that. USF just looked like they had a lot more upperclassmen. Uh, they looked a little more polished, looked like they'd been together longer, which is a true statement. Uh, that I don't think that's an outlandish statement to make it all – as far as uh, they they did look better in the sense of a little more organized, a little more cohesiveness. And I think that's what ultimately won them at the game.
0: I think coach Hoppe said as much, you said they were a little bit more of a veteran squad, a little more experienced than what we were bringing to the table. And they were deserving, I think of that number 14 ranking. We'll see how the rest of the season plays out, but uh, at least they were ranked when we, when we fell to them. But uh it was it was just a heartbreaker. How did you feel when you saw that goal go in at the, t- at the last 20 seconds?
1: I I kind of anticipated it. Not as I thought we were just gonna lose dramatically like that. But USF began to take charge later in that second half. You began to see us wear down a little bit, and there was just it just felt like the the final whistle couldn't get there quick enough, and ultimately it didn't because they got a free kick, pushed the ball up very quickly, and had a spectacular goal. You can't take anything away. You can't. Knock heart for not saving that ball because it was placed as perfectly as it could have been, and so I I think it was a well deserved win by USF. I think the score line isn't equal to kind of how the game portrayed, but I thought we played them well uh, for being a team that didn't have a lot of experience together.
0: Yeah, that goal. Uh, if if that would have been an Auburn player doing that in the last twenty seconds, you know, just lifting it up over the the goalkeeper's fingertips under the crossbar, we would have been really excited about that. We would have been talking about it right now. Unfortunately, it wasn't an Auburn player. It was a USF player. Drew, they outshot us 19 to eight, and they had uh, 10 shots on goal to our five on goal.
1: Yeah, it was it was a rough night for that midfield to forward connection. Uh, I thought our defense played well at times. I don't think they had the best game in the world. I thought they played well at times, but ultimately in this game and the Florida Gulf Coast game that ended up being a no contest we struggled very much to connect our midfield to our forwards and play a cohesive offense. Oftentimes the ball would be put far beyond the attacking player and it would, it would be a wasted opportunity before it even got a chance to develop.
0: Yeah. I think that was the difference between the the three teams between Auburn, USF and Florida Gulf coast is Florida Gulf coast and USF. They took the ball up the field. They worked it into the box and they found edges to our defense and were able to get around our defense, frankly uh but on our offense we would get to about midfield a little past and we would kick it to the final third and sometimes there would be somebody down there sometimes there wouldn't but we made no connection doing that Uh, i would like to see us going forward you know push that push it into the box make them make a mistake make them you know play defense not just uh react to what we're passing down what did you think about uh the time of possession drew because I know at least in the Florida Gulf Coast, it was very, very lopsided. They had the ball for most of the match. What do you think about the time of possession?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was it was difficult because I felt like we started off that Florida Gulf Coast game very much in charge, very much the team that was going to be out on the front foot. Even the commentators were uh, noting the fact that Auburn looked very dangerous, very threatening, had a talented team. And then just all of a sudden it fizzled away. I thought our midfield did a good job winning the ball back at times. I thought we we did a good job recovering, but ultimately it, it just goes back to that connection. We didn't just kick the ball down to the final third and miss these opportunities. We bombed it down there and then struggled to get in play. And there was a quite a, quite a few chances where we were just passing it to space where there was absolutely no one there. I just think we, we need a lot more time together, and this may be a season where we're going to grow a lot because there's some pieces that are still learning how to play together. A lot of this team, a lot of freshmen played this weekend, Peter, and I think we're going to see going forward that they're going to grow, but this may be a little more painful of a year than we are anticipating.
0: Yeah, we had freshmen on the defense. We had freshmen in the midfield. Uh, we even had freshmen on offense, really. So uh, we did play a lot of freshmen. Uh, And I agree with you. I I think probably the problem with us bombing the, like you said, bombing it down there is it really pretty much just turns into a turnover, and it turns the field around, and then you have to go back on defense, and it just gives them more time of possession, more opportunities to attack our goal. And I think that's one of the major reasons why we don't need to be just uh, lofting it down there is you're just creating a turnover and more problems for the defense. I do want to highlight a a few individual, uh, a few individual. Performances. Jesse Giroux was our goal scorer in the USF match. Uh, she took a, she uh, had a header off of a Caroline Peterson corner kick, and she is just dangerous with her head, Drew. This was her second header of the season. I think she actually had the the goal winning header against USF last year. That's usually how Jesse Giroux scores. It's with her head. She's really dangerous there.
1: Yeah, and even still going past that moment, every time we had a set piece in the box, you would see Auburn clear out around her because she was the one going to be attacking the ball. They didn't want to get anyone in the way of her head uh, in both games. And she's dangerous in the air. I'll, I'll give it to her. I think we don't have a lot of height, and we don't have a lot of potential danger in the air. But Jessie Drow is definitely someone we can build on as far as using her at set pieces, using her in those appropriate times. I, I think she's a very viable option now. And she showed it last year, showed it this year. I think that's going to be good going forward as far as a way for us to attack the ball, especially with us lacking heights in a lot of area. Uh, that gives us a little bit of more dimension.
0: The second person I wanted to highlight was Caroline Peterson. Uh, she was the one on the other end of that ball. She was the one in the corner. This was her second corner kick to Jesse Giroux for a goal this season, if you count the exhibition matches. This was her fourth assist on the season, if you count the exhibition matches. Uh, she is going to be an impact player for this team, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I think out of all of them, especially with me already griping so far, sorry, people who listen to Stoppage Time, me griping so far about the fact that we struggle with that midfield to forward connection, she was the one I was very impressed with, especially in the first half of that Florida Gulf Coast game that was making good tackles and attempting to get the ball forward into good spots. She was patient on the ball. She recycled possession well, which basically just means she knew whenever it was time to drop the ball rather than just pump it forward. So I think she is going to be a fun one to watch going forward.
0: And finally, another newcomer I want to highlight, not a freshman, but our grad transfer goalkeeper from San Diego State University, is Kate Hart. Uh, She did a fantastic job in goal. You know, Drew, that was one of our big questions coming into the season was about the goalkeeper. Again, I said, you know, football had a quarterback competition. Soccer had a goalkeeper competition between... Uh, Kate Hart and Maggie Van are, And Kate Hart won the job. She started against USF. And I th- she, uh, she did us proud, Drew. She did really good. She was aggressive coming out of the goal, attacking the ball. She commanded that back line. I think she did everything that we needed her to do. Even though uh, we had two goals scored, uh, again, that's especially that second one, I can't have that against her. It was just perfectly placed. Uh, I think she just did everything that we needed her to do in these two matches.
1: Oh, for sure. I don't even think the first goal was her fault because it ultimately goes down to her back line let one of the most dangerous goal scorers in the nation. And uh, I can't even remember her name or how to pronounce it correctly. There were so many confusing striker names this weekend. They let one of the more dangerous strikers, a first team All American preseason watch list person, get through one on one with a goalie. And that's going to be a hard battle to win for a goalie any day of the week. And so I thought she did phenomenal. Especially in that Florida Gulf Coast game, she was she. You could tell there's more confidence. You could tell she knew where she was supposed to be at all points in times, and it wasn't it wasn't a, any moments that we saw in that USF game. There were some nerves right at the beginning. I think there was some miscommunication where she came out, but her player was clearing it. But ultimately, I, I think that was that got worked out very quickly. I I I was pushing for Thulinar at the beginning, Ben Thulinar, uh, just because she's a freshman. But ultimately, I think one year with uh, Hart here in the system. I think that's going to be a good, a good thing. Maybe give uh, Van Thielenar some time to grow up a little bit. Coach Hoppa being a former goalkeeper herself is going to train him up well. And I think she commanded that back line uh, very well during her time.
0: I think we'll see Maggie Van Thielenor this season. I think we'll see her in goal, but I think uh, Kate, Hart, uh, Kate Hart did what she needed to do to really uh, cement that job. And uh, she had, Eight saves in the USF match. She had three saves in the Florida Gulf coach match. And uh, that's, again, that's just uh, 45 minutes of time there. We'll talk about that in just a second. But uh, so that was uh, 11 saves on the weekend. And uh, and it's just like you said, they were, both teams were really getting around our defense. There was a lot of one-on-one battles between her and the, and the striker. And uh, she came out and she had some really great saves in that match. I was very impressed with her.
1: Yeah, she did, and I think one of the big things, and my only critique, and I had the same critique for Sarah LeBeau, and it's probably just the way Coach Hoffa wants him to play, but we want to play so quickly and play on that counter half the time. We soak up a lot of pressure, and we want to hit back as soon as we get the ball and use our speed with three folds and Whitaker and quite a few of the other players, but oftentimes we'll we'll have a corner, our goalkeeper will collect the ball, or we'll have uh, just everyone piled down in our box, our keeper will collect the ball and then we'll slow it down and let everyone get back in their place. And I think Auburn could actually spring a few more goals if the goalkeeper would be adamant about getting that ball quick out at times, not every time, but just finding times where you know let their player do work. Bree Folds is a is a pick for top George soccer one of the national teams for a reason. She's been up to national team camps for a reason. There are far great players on her team with Whitaker is one I've already mentioned. She has blinding speed. These are players, and Rocio Sanders and quite a few others, that if the break is on, let them go one-on-one with someone. It's not going to hurt anything. Yeah, sometimes it may not be the right decision to play it forward, but ultimately I think it would spring quite a few breakaways. You, you watch it all the time in soccer. Keepers can be ones that start great breakaways, and I think if we would adapt that a little bit into our system, especially with the counter-attacking style we play, it'd be very good.
0: I think part of the problem is uh, we, we all fall back on defense, and so we're all pushed back. We're all in that in that defensive third, and so when it's time to, to turn that around, we're just not doing that because we're trying to get back into position, Drew.
1: So what what about Florida Gulf Coast? We, we've alluded to it, mentioned it, teased it, but haven't really talked about it, but sort of talked about it. We've been very political or politician-like about this game. So what happened to that?
0: Well, Sunday, we played Florida Gulf Coast. It was an afternoon match, and uh, the weather here was bad. Well, apparently, the weather in Florida was really bad, too. I rushed home from church to watch this match, and I had about an hour and five minutes delay and to wait for it to just to, to start. So there was a rain delay. Uh, they were able to play 45 minutes of soccer, and then they went into halftime, and there was another rain delay. And uh, it wasn't really the rain that was the problem. The problem was the lightning. Uh, there was a couple of lightning strikes during halftime, uh, Auburn had a plan to catch about 6, 6.30, and so it just got pushed back so far because of the lightning and because of the rule. It was ruled a new, uh, no contest. Uh, it was first suspended and then ruled a no contest. Uh, the rule is the match has to pass the 70th minute for it to be considered a match. So Auburn ended up, it, it was a no contest. It didn't count. There was no stats for it, no score. Uh, it ended the week, so we ended the weekend 0, 1, and, and 0. Uh, I, Drew, I even though it ended at halftime, I didn't think Auburn ever had any momentum in this match. Did you disagree with that?
1: No, I don't. I, I well, a little bit, but not in, in a big way. I I think we had some momentum in that match, but I think it lasted all of like the first four minutes. Uh, We had a good handle on that match. And then just all of a sudden it it flickered away. Uh, I think we were better about winning the ball back in midfield during those games. But I I think going into halftime, we were going to have to make some changes or it was going to turn into a a not-so-great ending because by the end of the half, we were facing bombardment after bombardment of our back line just being uh, spun around in circles. And so I I don't think we came out ready to play, more or less. I I think we still had the same trouble that we did in the USF game, and part of that is we've been down in Florida, didn't have much practice time to implement those things, but even still, you think, we would see a little bit of change in some of those areas
0: i thought we were really unable to create anything on offense Uh, like you said we we kind of held control in the last first four minutes or so but after that we were back on defense we were we were stuck back in the final defensive third and we did get the ball uh we were sending it forward and there was nobody on the end of it Uh, it was just hard to get anything uh going and i think we lost the time of possession in that match too uh, it seemed like Florida Gulf Coast had the ball a lot, and we were back on our heels in that defensive third.
1: Yeah, I and I don't know if you noticed this too. We can have this chat real quick. I I noticed the only times where I felt better about how we were playing was Auburn started to play a very high line and press their forwards and their midfielders up more and put more pressure on. And we would do it very well, and the keeper would have the ball at her feet and maybe wouldn't make the best decision with it. And we almost nicked it a couple of times. I think that's a good system for Auburn to play, especially uh, whenever you're trying to, to get into a rhythm a little bit. It does well to push higher up. Uh, I think that those were the times you, you saw Auburn more in the game. And that's why those systems are good, because they do involve everyone. They do... Everyone has a job that they're doing. They're always making a good effort to pressure the ball and get turnovers, see mistakes made. And the only other thing I noticed was I thought we did well in the press, and I think we should implement that a little bit more. And I would love to see the second half to see if Coach Hoppe did that a little bit more because you saw that in the last 15-ish minutes. Uh, The other thing I noticed too was that it was – we we were oftentimes had two players in the same exact position. And I think that's going to come with learning the system a little bit more, getting involved in that. But I, those are the two things I really noticed in that first 40 minutes of the game.
0: I think we played our, our lineup a little bit more. We were able to catch defensively catch them off sides three or four times. Uh, when you look at the schedule, Drew, this was one of those matches that you would like to have seen a win. Uh, you know, When we get to SEC play, there, wins are going to be a lot harder to come by uh so you want to rack up as many wins as you can in your non-conference not that that's going to matter toward your sec record but toward your final record to when you're being considered for the ncaa tournament you're going to want as many wins as possible and it's really unfortunate that this match ended the way it did uh, in a rain delay and a lightning delay because you would have liked to have seen a win here and you know we talked about auburn not having a lot of momentum but you know the Coaches could have made adjustments at halftime, and they could have come out and scored two or three goals, and we could have uh, handily won this in the second half.
1: Yeah, I mean, you hate to not see that second half, especially because as we're about to look into the next two games that we have this week, Virginia Tech's looking like a stronger opponent than we originally thought, and you d- you don't know which teams are ever going to catch you out. I watched, while we were in that rain delay, I watched Sanford versus Murray State, and Sanford plays good soccer, and we got them coming up on the schedule, and that's not a rivalry game per se, but it's semi rivalry And so I, I think I think we've got some things that we need to work out, obviously. And I keep saying things. I'll be more specific. I think we've got some cohesiveness that we need to work out between the midfield and forward position. And as far as just knowing where we're supposed to be at all points in time and always being engaged in the game, I think we need to grow in that area. But that's tough in a – in a non-conference schedule that was meant to get you kind of prepared and everything to lose a game in there, as far as not being able to finish it and get that experience as well.
0: Well, there's not a lot of turnaround time between now and our next match. Uh, they'll be back in Auburn, back in classes this week, and then they'll turn around and then in Friday we'll be in Athens. So what, what do we got going on in Athens this weekend, Andrew,
1: Well, first off, pray for them, because they have to go to Athens. That's an awful place that everyone has to be, so we want to just lift the Auburn soccer team up in prayers, because uh, no one wants to be around UGA fans. And while we don't play Georgia this weekend, we play Maryland and Virginia Tech in the Bulldog Classic, I believe it's called, really original name that they came up with there. Uh, In case you can't tell, I'm going to dog Georgia as much as I can, because I despise them, but Maryland should be that game that we're anticipating against Florida Gulf Coast because Maryland's not a great team. Uh, Looking back at what they've already had so far, they they scraped a 2-1 win against Georgia Southern uh, Sun Belt team. I believe they are not that great of an opponent. Good little warm up for them. But then they really scraped a double overtime win out against New Jersey Institute of Technology. And I don't know if you're big in following soccer, Peter. I think we both are a little bit. But New Jersey Institute of Technology is not, um, as they say, a traditional powerhouse.
0: Don't put so, the NJIT down.
1: Yeah, don't put the NJIT down. But ultimately, I I think that tells a lot. They're coming off a double overtime win against them. Hey, win's a win, though. Uh, we don't have any wins, so I really shouldn't talk any smack. But I think Maryland's going to be a good game to Hopefully we've had some practice time under our belt being in Auburn short little trip over to Athens business trip is I think the way we need to approach this Uh, Maryland gave up a ton of goals last year this is one of those confidence building games that you and I circle when we do our preview and I think this is a good one to really latch onto and get a hold of what do you think about that game.
0: I like what you said about this being a confidence-building game. I really think that's true. I mean, you, you take a, a, a first-week loss that's always very hard on the team. Second uh, week – or, sorry, second match, uh, you don't really get to finish proving, you know, what you feel like you were there for, what you traveled down to Florida for. Uh, so I think this – I think what you said, this is a confidence-building match. It's an opportunity for them to put the ball in the back of the net, to beat a, uh ACC team, and uh come away with a win and we're going to really need that win between before virginia tech uh just i'm th- just thinking about athens uh coach Hoppe said this week uh talking to annie bertram she said that she wants their team's mentality to be that this is a home game for them this is in the sec it's not at auburn it's in athens but this is closer to to our home than it is for virginia tech or for maryland so she wants to make this a home field for the team she wants them to have that mentality and uh I really hope they can have that. Now, they're really familiar with the field. They've been there before. I remember going there. I don't know if it was last year or the year before. But uh, I think, if I remember right, Georgia put us in the sun, and their bench was in the shade. So we're in the sun for a whole you know, 90 minutes playing and sitting on the bench, and then they're in the shade. So I'm hoping that Coach Hopper will have enough uh, a forethought to put us in the shade when we get there. Uh, but she, just, she wants us to have that home team mentality.
1: Yeah, I think that's wise, especially because you have two teams a little bit more northern not from our conference coming to play. It's a game that's not in our backyard, per se, but pretty close to our backyard. And so I think this would would be a good game to really tee off because I'm going to go ahead and start the preview for the Virginia Tech game. It's going to be far more difficult. Virginia Tech struggled last year, but so far in their first two games look like a team that's grown a little bit as far as they beat Liberty 3-0 and they beat Cincinnati 2-0. And... I know that means nothing to most people, but Liberty actually on Sunday as well got to catch some of their game. They played a top 10 team in Virginia very, very tight. Like Virginia's a team pegged to compete for a national championship this year, have a great program, and they played Virginia right down to the wire. They, they have a very compact, tight system, do very well. They eventually got a goal put in on them, and then there was a second one because they had to open up a little bit more. But this is a team that can frustrate as far as Liberty is concerned. And Virginia Tech handled them pretty well, beating them 3-0, and then turned around and beat Cincinnati 2-0. So I think Virginia Tech is going to be a team that maybe you and I at the beginning of the season overlooked, but probably shouldn't have overlooked.
0: Well, it kind of goes without saying, but if you can win 3-0 and 2-0, you you put five goals in the back of the net and post two clean sheets, you've got an offense and you've got a defense. So we're going to have to play a full full field of soccer here. We're going to play offense and defense to beat this team.
1: Yeah, and... Their, their spoils this past weekend actually earned them a top 25 ranking. So I think, obviously, the voters have seen what this team can do and believe in them a little bit more. And so we're coming into an opponent that, I guess, I mean, fair enough to say that you and I circled as a win at the beginning of the season that definitely is not guaranteed to be that, and it's going to be probably a pretty tough game. So I think that's something to keep our eye on as we enter that game this weekend.
0: It's, it's a good match to come in hungry, though. Uh, just seeing them getting that top 25 our uh, are getting that 25 ranking we lost to the number 14 team this past weekend uh it's time to kind of show our mettle to prove ourselves there and uh to, knocking off the number 25 team is a good stepping stone to do that
1: i, I agree so looking at, up at this upcoming slate of games where do you think we end up at
0: well i was hoping we'd be 2-0 and right now we're 0-1-0 i think we'll beat maryland uh i think virginia tech's gonna be tough uh i, I hope to I think they'll score. I just hope we score more. So I'm going to say 2-1 Auburn.
1: 2-1 Auburn for Virginia Tech?
0: I'm not going to pick against us.
1: I know you're not. So you think we come out with two wins this weekend, one against Maryland, one against Virginia Tech?
0: One against Maryland and one against number 25 Virginia Tech.
1: All right. So are you satisfied if we tie Virginia Tech?
0: Yeah, I'd be satisfied with that. I would.
1: I I think that's fair. I
0: I think that's a win.
1: yeah, I think I think we come out of the, out of the weekend one zero and one. I think we have the high ability to draw Virginia Tech. I would hate to lose to Virginia Tech, so I'm hoping draw at the le- at the least. I'm a little more pessimist out of both of us, and so I think that's probably a safe bet for the weekend. If we come back o two and o, we got we got a lot more things to talk about in next week's episode. I agree. Uh, that's really all we got for stoppage time we're we're glad to be back with you glad to be trudging down the field as far as auburn soccer goes I, i think it's gonna be a good season it's gonna be an interesting season to see how a lot of these players grow because definitely looking forward uh into 2020 season we're gonna have a lot of underclassmen that have a vast amount of experience so i'm excited for that uh and so you can tune to these games. ESPN Plus is going to be your best friend, as Peter and I have already learned this season. I say you go ahead, bite the bullet. And then when Disney Plus comes out in November, you you use that bundle deal that they got going on. Uh, Kyle Loomis on his um, whatever his Disney podcast will tell you all about the fun stuff with Disney. But I think that's going to be a good way you can get some of these secondary sports to watch. So I encourage you to get that if you're an Auburn soccer fan. Uh, that's all I got. I think Peter's good too. We've hit all the high notes as far as Auburn soccer is concerned and some of the low notes. Peter, where can they find you on Twitter?
0: You can find me at Seminary Sugar Daddy, S-E-M-I-N-A-R-Y-S-G-R-D-A-D-Y.
1: So you can find Peter at the greatest Twitter name on the faces of the planet, and you can find me at Drew underscore Hoop, hoop p zero two on Twitter. We interact. We have fun. We enjoy talking to Auburn and especially – this weekend because we got football back as well, so we got a full slate of Auburn mania going on. So until next time, War Eagle.
0: War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to e2cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us: podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show.